Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in Motion. On this episode, we are joined by Rebecca Gillette with the Arthritis Foundation. We discuss the mission of the foundation, how the foundation is working to educate both individuals affected by arthritis and the clinicians who treat them, and the wide variety of resources available for this population. Welcome to Hands in Motion, Rebecca. So Rebecca, give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, where you come from. Sure. Thanks for having me. I am glad to be able to join you guys. So I am in the Colorado area. I live in one of the suburbs of Denver, and I'm an occupational therapist that works at the National Arthritis Foundation. In my position, I'm the director of content strategy and planning. A big reason that I am here is because I have arthritis and it's the reason and it was the impetus for me to go back to graduate school to become an occupational therapist. So I, in my first couple years of being diagnosed in my mid-20s, the resources available today were not there. I mean, really, honestly, like the internet was somewhat new. So we didn't have all of these resources and support groups or social media for that at that time to try to connect to other people. And so it got to a point where finally my doctor, my rheumatologist had suggested I look at a different career and try to learn ways to try to manage my arthritis, but I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't know where to begin. So I started exploring what other kind of career paths I would take. And coming from a family of healthcare professionals, that seemed like a natural fit for me. So I looked and shadowed an occupational therapist. And in that time, she taught me some of the joint protection and patient education things that nobody had taught me when I was first diagnosed. So to me, it's why I am where I am. It is why I'm an OT. It's my mission. It's the silver lining I found in my diagnosis that, okay, I'm going to take this negative experience that I had and hopefully change and help the lives of other people with chronic diseases because you wake up and you have pain and you don't know why and you don't know what you can do and you don't know what's going to help you. However, there are some things that are in your control that you can do. And so those are the things that I, I hope to always impart on other people in my arthritis community that there are some things you can do to take control. It certainly isn't easy, but you don't have to feel alone and you don't have to feel like you don't have any control. So coming to the foundation after many years of volunteering in advocacy and fundraising and patient education, an opportunity came along. And here I am working as a staff person at the foundation, infusing that occupational therapy knowledge I have into all of the content that we have and highlighting the importance of physical activity and learning to adapt the things that we do. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, I know as as hand therapists in the adult population or adult setting, I come across referrals all the time with RA, OA. And although we can't 
change the process as far as what's going on, you know, it's really important to educate. Usually I set people up for maybe sometimes four to six visits just to self-manage, teach just the patients on what to do and what not to do. So I love that this is a, a new resource for me. I mean, I know the foundation was out there, but it's just definitely another avenue or referral where we can send patients to. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, you know, more and more we have resources available that can help someone who's newly diagnosed or somebody who's had it for a few years or 20 years like me. There's always something new that you can learn about managing arthritis symptoms. And I love to hear that you recommend four to six visits. That's one of the things that I did do before I joined the foundation as an OT is I, with my personal hand therapist, said, hey, I have this crazy idea. How about we develop an arthritis program that would consist of about four to six visits (laughs) and go promote it and sell it to the local rheumatologists and say, hey, all your patients need to know this. I understand how much the new medications and biologic medications that are out there for all the rheumatic diseases have changed lives, literally changed my life. I understand that, but you still have inflammation. You can still get flares. So you still need to know how to manage your disease on a daily basis. So we did just that. I treated it as if we were a pharmaceutical reps who go to offices. And I knew a lot of people in the community already and said, hey, can we schedule some time to visit with you? So she and I went and met with local rheumatologists and said, here's the program that we're offering for your patients if you want to refer them. And we had brochures and an outline of what we were going to teach them. And honestly, as I know that a lot of hand therapists have struggled if they have their own private practice, like she did with you know companies merging and things like that. This helped to sustain her her caseload and her workload on year round. You know, it comes and goes when you're busy and when you're not busy in some outpatient clinics. And for her, it's given her a sustained workload of patients to see and steady referrals, which has been pretty cool to see. So we're actually working with Janine Beasley in Michigan, from Michigan, Grand Rapids, right? Grand Rapids University. She's taking some of the patients that were seen in this clinic and having her students do some research on the benefits of going through the patient education program like that. Oh, wow. That's a great, that's a great resource for your community. And now you're helping to spread that even further. So I'm sure that her group is, is excited to do some research and, and help further that as well. So Rebecca, I want to take just a little step back. Tell us what is the overall mission of the Arthritis Foundation? We're here to help improve lives and help people understand that they're not alone. So one, providing the connections, providing the resources that they need to learn about their disease and learn how to manage their disease. We're here to advocate for access to care. We do advocacy nationally and in each state and have our staff and many, many volunteers who share their stories to try to make sure that we have access to the things that 
we need to manage our arthritis and the medications that we need. And then another huge part of what the Arthritis Foundation does is research. We fund a lot of research in the arthritis space from juvenile arthritis to rheumatoid arthritis to osteoarthritis. And we're even looking at research around alternative treatments for managing arthritis. So a lot of what we do is also gathering some of the scientists and researchers from around the world right now with a focus on osteoarthritis. And we're moving back into more focus on better treatments for rheumatoid arthritis. And so we also fund rheumatology fellows. So there is a shortage of rheumatologists and we fund fellows who want to to specialize in that across the U.S. And then we just provide some funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion in some areas of the country too for at certain institutions and hospitals to ensure that they have, they're paying attention to the marginalized communities, but also the providers so that we have, you know, the providers in the communities that don't have access to a rheumatologist. So we are boldly pursuing a cure for arthritis and better treatment so that today people can learn and try to live better with their arthritis, but with the hope that the funding of the research and the advocacy will eventually have a cure. And I'm hopeful for that, to be honest. If you look at how the research went with COVID and you think about it in that respect, that's the immune system, right? A lot of the types of arthritis with inflammation all of it is inflammation, right? But inflammatory types of arthritis and autoimmune types of arthritis, I feel like we're always one step closer. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you mentioning that I actually work in pediatrics and so kind of have that bent towards the juvenile arthritis. But yesterday I was talking with one of the hand surgeons and she mentioned a patient of hers that was dealing with just the after effects of COVID and he was being referred to one of our rheumatologists because of that inflammatory process that was just, his whole body was affected by that. And I, I guess that wasn't, I wasn't thinking that that's the avenue that they would go because we've been hearing about the pulmonology, you know, the effects to the cardiopulmonary system and just overall weakness. But I wouldn't have even thought, I guess my mind wasn't going to rheumatology. So that's really interesting that that's, that would be covered within that, but it makes total sense from an autoimmune disorder, autoimmune effects. Yeah. You know, I just attended the American College of Rheumatology annual meeting, right? And so, you know, they're keeping an eye on, there was that new syndrome they found in children who were getting yes. COVID, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. MS, it's all acronyms. MISC, yes. MISC, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the rheumatology conference, you know, there were two days about COVID and how its effects on people with rheumatology, because a lot of people with arthritis, and here's something that we had to advocate for. In the very beginning of the pandemic, there was a, sh- a shortage of hydroxychloroquine. And that is the key drug for people with lupus. And we had, and then people with RA take it as well. And we had a lot of people in our community who didn't have access to their medication. And now fast forward to this year, we're in the same situation with Actemra. So since the summer, the 
high, high increase of people with COVID across the U.S. Actemra is a very important drug for kids with juvenile arthritis, especially systemic juvenile idiopathic arthritis, but people with RA also rely on that medication and some of the other rheumatic diseases. And they, they're having to switch to, instead of an infusion, an injection, or instead of an injection, a whole other medication. And that is not an easy decision to have to make or do. So, yeah. So the pandemic has been tough for our community. And so that's another thing we've, we've really had to step up and do in the last you know year and a half is really reach out to the experts who know what's going on as it's happening so that we could educate our community. So tell us a little bit about some of the resources that the Arthritis Foundation has for, for people living with arthritis. Yeah, we have so many great resources. Hard for me to decide a favorite. I think one of the the best resources we have right now is an app that we launched this year. It's called Vim. It's V-I-M. And Vim is an app you can download from your store, from your mobile phone. And it is a pain management tool and a community. I think that's how I would call it. So you can go in and answer some questions and it asks you, you know, what your diagnosis is, what kind of goals you'd like to set for yourself. So let's say maybe it's sleep and sleep is an issue. And we all know that if you're not sleeping, then you have more pain, which came first, the pain or the sleep, right? If you wanted to set a goal around sleeping, you could do that. And if you were to set a goal around sleeping, the app will provide you with tools and resources. So some content, there'll be articles, there might be podcast excerpts, there might be little videos for you to watch that might help give you tips and ideas for trying to manage and improve your sleep. And it might give you some ideas of things to try that maybe you haven't thought about. The other piece about it is along the way, people can cheer you on as you reach milestones in your goals. So if there's other people in the community, you can add friends, kind of like social media, right? You can add friends and have your community of friends that you can communicate with on there. But that's the best part to me is that you can actually connect with other people with arthritis. So what's so important for people to understand, I think, when they have arthritis is there's there's things you can't control. You can control what you eat. You can control the habits and things that you do around sleep to maybe help improve sleep. You can control how much you move your body. And we all know that movement is medicine. And so this can help set goals. There's, you know, information on a variety of types of physical activity. There's videos and tips on how to perform different activities. And so that's the one tool I wish I had when I was first diagnosed, you know, like something to tell me, like, what can I do? You know, and then when I'm having a bad day, if I just want to say today sucks, there's some people on there who can show some support to me because they understand. So that's probably one of my favorite resources that we have right now. So Kara, you working in pediatrics, is there any resources for parents that they can go to for their child to kind of assist with their child or just a supportive measure for parents of children that have arthritis, just an avenue of support for themselves. You know, it's hard having a child that has any type of issues going on and, you know, it would be nice to have some 
something that they can kind of collaborate together. Is there anything like that? Does that exist or? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I think that is one of the best things that we offer for families who are dealing with juvenile arthritis is connections. And so in our various communities, we have actually, we have a juvenile arthritis families like parents connect group and it's virtual right now. I actually presented on it last night with some OT tips for the moms. And so, but a virtual connect group, but pre-COVID, right? We have a conference that we do annually. We have JA family days in different communities where families can get together and they have various activities. And a lot of times there's a speaker or some opportunities for education for both the children, the siblings, and the parents. And then conference is huge. A lot of families are scholarships to, to try to attend if people cannot, but they typically have a conference every year. We've been doing it virtually, of course, the last two years. And then JA Family Days, they do a few times a year, depending on which city you're in, if you have access to that. But any JA parent that you talk to will say, that they found their home in their community when they got connected with other people in the Arthritis Foundation who are dealing with the same thing. And there's opportunities for families to get together and advocate. So again, pre-COVID, we were doing advocacy summits in DC. There's state days where you can go to the state capitol and be part of advocacy efforts in your state and local areas. And they're always looking for people to do those types of things. But that's how I really met other people with arthritis is initially the very first opportunity I had to really realize I was part of a community and not alone was our Walk to Cure Arthritis. We have a Walk to Cure Arthritis and a Jingle Bell Run, which are two special events we have. And a lot of the communities across the U.S., some communities might have a walk and not a Jingle Bell Run, which is usually around the holidays. And it's a really fun family run and everybody gets dressed up with their Jingle Bells and and so many costumes. You know, and we have they, one here in Dallas oh, and I love doing that fun. one. <laughs> it's it is a lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. I man the water station because my family is a bit, I've been doing the walk at my team here in Denver has raised over $50,000 in the last like 12 years. And so that's a big deal for us is the walk. So it's been tough not being able to get together with our community, but that was my first introduction into meeting other people and so many of the families, whether it's J.A or an adult or young adult with arthritis, it's a great way to connect with other people at the events that we hold. So I understand that the foundation has also worked in collaborating with organizations of therapists. So ASHT, AOTA, APTA, what are some of the ways that the foundation has worked with these other organizations to provide resources or to come alongside the foundation to help educate this population? Well, I'm really excited that you asked that question because we just launched a new revamped tool and resource on our website this week. It's called Your Exercise Solution. So we call it the YES resource. And it was made possible by one of our former board members who was a PT and after she worked so hard for many, many years with the arthritis community to help get patient education out there. After passing, she left money for us to create 
an opportunity for any arthritis patient to be able to access physical therapy. So we have just launched a series of videos that you can access on our website and it provides modifications to the exercises and it's broken up by different parts of the body. So there's knee exercises and hip exercises and things you can do for the upper body, but there's strengthening and stretching exercises. And the American Physical Therapy Association partnered with us to help create the modifications. So they're stamped with their approval and they'd helped to develop some workout demo programs for people to do because what we hear from our community is that a lot of them cannot walk. They can't walk. They find it difficult to walk or cannot walk for 15 minutes. One of the things that the Arthritis Foundation has been doing for the last couple of years is putting out a patient survey that is called our Live Yes Insight Program. And it's patient reported outcomes where patients are telling us how arthritis is affecting their life, how it's affecting their care, how it's affecting their social, emotional, mental health. And so that information is what helped drive us to actually create the VIM app. It's helping to form the programs and resources that we're doing, and it's helping to shape our research and our advocacy efforts. And so with this YES resource, what I just love about it is that anybody from your home, and since we're all very good at virtual now, (laughs) you can just log on to our website, find the exercises that you feel like you need to work on. And you know, it's not about going hardcore. It's about just moving, move your joints. And if you move your joints, the research really does show that you'll feel better. And I know that's true because I deal with that myself. And when I don't move, I don't feel so great. But what's great about it is no matter where anybody's at, no matter their economic status, no matter if they have a car or not, if they're able to access from their phone or from a tablet or a laptop or YouTube, I mean, you can access YouTube on your TV, right? You can access these videos and create a playlist and, you know, create your own exercise program that's just for you, modified based on how you do it. And so each exercise is graded too. So it says, you know, this is the easiest, this is more difficult, you know. So we actually, you know, tell people how to modify it and give some safety tips and recommendations as well. So it's a great way to get people moving who maybe aren't moving or who don't even know where to start. Or maybe you've been inactive during the pandemic, kind of like me, because you've been busy working and trying to balance everything all at once. And you need to just restart and you don't want to like just go outside and start running because that's not smart, right? So this is a great way to just get started on a program and then move up to the part where you're doing everything standing. And then eventually you can get into the walk with ease program, which is amazing. That's a program the Arthritis Foundation did in partnership with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention years ago, has a lot of evidence-based research behind it to support it that walking is very effective for people with arthritis. And this is a guided program that you can do, and it teaches you the stretches and exercises you should do before you walk, before you start walking, right? And it helps you also to kind of goal set to start a walking program, which is very beneficial for people with arthritis. And so the idea in my head as the OT with arthritis, who's helping to kind of coordinate all this content is, 
you know, let's have people use this yes resource and get them moving, get them comfortable moving, get them marching in place, get them walking to their mailbox, then around the block. And then eventually you move them into the walk with ease program, which I know, and I've seen myself, I was certified to teach that as therapists or anybody in the community, you can get certified to be a trainer for that course. I've seen how much of a difference it can make for people. And you know, I have a favorite success story of using the Walk With Ease program with a patient who it went from not being able to walk, not feeling comfortable walking outside to doing our walk to cure arthritis and finishing a three-mile walk in a matter of four months. So that's still one of my favorite stories. And when I think about her crossing the finish line and remembering how we could only start a quarter of a mile when we first started walking to three miles in that short period of time is amazing. And so I highly recommend that program for patients that aren't quite walking or, you know, scared. You know, you guys are hand therapists. And so a lot of your patients, you know, they're not going to pick up a weight like that. That, and I'm always telling people, please, for the love of God, don't give somebody a diameter because those things are dang heavy. And like, why are you giving me something that weighs 20 pounds when I can't carry my toothbrush? Like when I was first diagnosed, that was my first thought. Like, why are they making me hold this thing? I can't even hold my toothbrush or my coffee mug. Right. And so, you know, but walking, if we can get them moving first, walking is something that they can do. Right. Eventually, hopefully. Right. Well, and even our hand therapy patients can benefit just from the overall movement. We don't just have to focus on the upper extremity. We can we can encourage, and I think a lot of therapists are starting to incorporate that. Just like you said, movement is medicine. It doesn't have to just be that extremity. Or if they're they're waiting for an irritation to calm down, you can at least still move the rest of your body. So I think that's that's really good. Thank you for telling us about that resource. And some of our listeners might be interested in, in looking into that for some of their patients. Yeah. You know, there's a couple other things that just came to mind. So we did a couple, I don't think I mentioned, I am the host of our podcast. We have a podcast called the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. And it is so much fun to do that. We just relaunched a new season and we're trying to incorporate, you know, more listener feedback and questions into, into the episodes, but I'm very excited about launching that. Recently, we had a two-part series on mindful movement and man, that was popular. That episode, those two episodes like blew every other episode out of the water. As far as downloads go, people are really interested in mindfulness. And I have to say, starting the podcast, that was the one thing that I learned about. And I think it was like episode two or three that we did and have actually incorporated into my arthritis management and have found super helpful. And so we did a two-part series for the podcast about one, Tai Chi, and arthritis into yoga and arthritis, which both are programs that the Arthritis Foundation had developed a few years ago in conjunction with some of you know experts in those areas, Dr. Paul Lamb for Tai Chi and Stephanie Munaz for Yoga with Arthritis for Arthritis. And both of those you can get certified as a trainer to teach those programs. And I have to say the Tai Chi is pretty amazing, especially for those who are in so much pain. And really 
have a hard time moving that gentle range of motion and movement that you're doing with Tai Chi, you can do it anywhere. You know, I think there's this misconception that you have to be like outside doing it in this beautiful, like (laughs) nature park or something. But he was telling us he does it in the airplane. He does a lot of long flights. He lives in Australia and he'll do it from his seat. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, how are you really getting full range of motion in your airplane seat? But um, not much elbow room there. Yeah, there's not much much elbow room. But anyway, um, we're hoping you don't have the seat next to him, right? Well, yeah, (laughs) actually, it was really funny. He told us he's like, you know, I was doing my my Tai Chi. And somebody, after I was done, tapped me on the shoulder and said, are you Dr. Lamb? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. He does his videos because he's got a huge YouTube channel of, of Tai Chi. <laughs> but we have like these videos on the Arthritis Foundation website that you can get Tai Chi for arthritis. And we have a yoga for arthritis. And both give modifications if you have joint issues. And both are very joint friendly. I know yoga doesn't sound like something that might be joint friendly, but what I learned and was reminded in doing that podcast was that, wait a minute, the physical postures are just one small element of yoga. You can do yoga from a chair too. And so she goes through a lot of modifications and, you know, it's just that mindfulness piece. I think for both, you're really kind of thinking about where you are in space and you're in the moment and you're not thinking about all the other things that are going on in your life or all the other pain that you're having because you're focused on your posture and your movement as you're going while also doing a little bit of meditation. And I, I love it. I mean, if there's anything that I've, I've learned in the last couple of years, it's mindfulness and yoga and Tai Chi. I'm trying to start that, but I need a little more time to just slow down in my day to be able to like really do Tai Chi. So Yeah, those are some other programs that are great ways to get your patients, you know, moving. I know I and Kara's going to laugh. I have my own yoga studio. So that's my side job besides everything else I do. And I get so many older people that have arthritis and need adaptations and modifications to what they're doing in class. So, you know, I'm, they laugh at me because they know I'm a hand therapist. So they're like, my thumb hurts and I can't do this. How can I change it? So, I mean, it's definitely a huge component because not everybody that does yoga is, I would say, more often than not, they don't have good flexibility and you become more aware of your, I don't want to say your shortcomings because that's not the right word, but your limitations. Even as somebody who doesn't have anything, you are able to recognize your physical limitations, even just right to left, you know? So, and even that mindfulness component is so important. And I do, I have a lot of crossover. So you know, in my yoga studio, but then in my practice in the clinic, you know, I'm, well, sneak some things in there too, you know, and some people go for it and some people don't, but, you know, I'm like, even if you just practice in a chair at home, just to do that gentle movement and that slow stretching is so important, you know, I'd give them references too. So that's another area that I can, again, refer people to, you know, on the Arthritis Foundation website. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's awesome because, you know, I did yoga when I was younger before I was diagnosed. And then when I was diagnosed, I was just like, well, I can't do yoga anymore. Like I kind of walked away from the whole practice, but I have 
have a lot of, I have degenerative disc disease and OA in my spine. And so my back is probably, it hurts really bad right now, but it's what gives me the most trouble right now. Not so much my rheumatoid arthritis as pretty under control, but I employ yoga stretches for my back. I mean, I do them in the morning. I do them in bed before I ever get up. And then I have a little flow that I like to do before I go to bed. And I also combine my foam roller, right? And it's just part of my routine. And so that's one thing that I always try to impart when I'm talking to patients or I've said in a podcast, like, you don't have to do a half hour class or, you know, video or a 20 minute video. You can incorporate these movements throughout your day and still have benefits. So even just like the meditative pieces of it too, you know, but that's a great way to incorporate it. But definitely I'm always saying, please see a PT or OT so you can learn how to modify it. And it is frustrating that when you go and you ask like, Hey, I have, you know, spinal issues, or I have fused wrists. Like, can you show me how to modify if you go to a random class or a place? And there usually isn't anybody who knows what they're talking about, unfortunately, but that's why I always say start with, if you're thinking about something like that, start with a PT or an OT can help you modify things for your joints and positions. And then you go to the class because then, you know, but yeah, it's definitely something that has been a really hot topic. I think is mindfulness, mindful movement. People are really wanting to learn more and more about that. We have our ease of use program. So it's a certification that companies with different products go through and it's pretty rigorous. The ease of use program, you know, highlights products that are out there that can help people with arthritis. So, you know, if they have hand issues, you know, there's certain tools that are available that you can modify with a larger grip. And th those kinds of things, compression gloves, different products, but that's another piece that would be helpful to know. We're working more and more to try to get more consumer products on board with that. But, you know, even some of the Voltaren, they worked with us to have the cap that they have. So they have an ease of use cap, like Advil has an ease of use cap. I just got a pill bottle the other day and I'm like, do you not pay attention to the medications I get? You gave me a bottle that I cannot even open and it's a 90 day supply, like seriously. But anyway, ease of use products. But, you know, from my perspective as an OT and why I became one for all of the hand therapists, you know, and PTs and OTs listening, like, please teach your patients about the science behind why you want to have a larger grasp, not just whether you have pain or not, it's prevention. You do a lot of repetitive motions just to take care of yourself every day. And that little bit of underlying inflammation that's always just there can get exacerbated. So having a tool to make the job easier, teaching our patients that and why it's important is huge. It's key. The funny thing that I teach in my, my class to other OTs and PTs, there's one thing that I teach about, but the biomechanics of how we do things and how we can adapt and teach patients. If you teach them the why behind why they're changing, they'll apply it to other things. And so my favorite example is, I have two, if I can share them. One is the coffee mug, Right. Just think of the coffee mug and holding a coffee mug by a handle. And that's what 
started me on my direction to even becoming an OT, right? All the force that's put onto that wrist and those smallest fingers and joints in the fingers, right? Just no. Teach your patients why. Show them why in their hand that's not good for them, right? And what the domino effect is all the way to their shoulder, right? And then show them how to modify that. If you just teach them that with the coffee mug, they'll apply that to other things. The other thing that always surprises me, and I've taught my course in like 20 cities, nobody, okay, I can't say nobody. There's only been maybe three people out of 20 cities who have raised their hand to identify the modification I'm looking for somebody to give me when it comes to opening a door. So, especially with rheumatoid arthritis, opening a door, we're moving ownerly, right? Which we want people with RA to avoid, right? You can't do that. When you have pain and your joints are stiff and swollen, you cannot open a door. You cannot move to your owner side. It's really hard to do, right? So, I ask in my class, what things can we do to modify that for somebody? When I was 26, I couldn't get into my house because I couldn't open the door. Nobody had taught me how to do that. How am I going to get in my door? And so, of course, you know, I get the lever handles. Yes. There's adapters for doorknobs. Yes. And I get keypads, you know, all of the things. And then I wait and I wait and I wait. And usually... (laughs) Like I said, only three people in 20 cities move your body, change your position of how you're facing the doorknob so that you're parallel with the doorknob and you use flexion and extension. So many people are like, whoa, (laughs) I didn't think about that. I've been a PT for 30 years. I'm like, that's great. Do you know how I thought of it? Because I was stuck and locked outside of my house and I didn't know how else to get into my house. And that is always one that is a shocker to people. And I, it shocks me every single time. I'm like, I'm, I almost should just give away gift cards to the person who comes (laughs) up with it every time I teach it because biomechanics, right? So teach your patient biomechanics. Just don't show them or give them a handout. You've got to actually let them do it, feel it. You got to watch them do it, right? We preach that so much to ourselves or like when we're doing manual therapy, don't just do it with your hands, do it with your whole body or move your body to where it's biomechanically advantageous to you. So why are we not telling our patients to do that? Turn your body to turn the door as opposed to just turning your wrist. It's crazy, right? (laughs) Because we're also used to opening and doing things the way that we've always done it. So you just don't Mm -hmm. think outside the box. And when somebody, I say this line all the time. When somebody is in pain, they are stuck in their pain and they are not going to think outside the box. That's what we are for, right? So when I showed this, so I had a friend be my guinea pig for little videos that I did, right? And she was very pregnant when we did it. And she was turning on the bathtub knobs. And she was telling me how sometimes she can't give her daughter a bath until her husband comes home because she cannot turn the knob. We had already done the door video. So I said, okay, I want you to apply the principle I taught you with opening the door to turning that knob on. And she laughed to the point of like, she was laughing, crying, because she's like, how come I didn't think about that? (laughs) Because it becomes the thing that I can't do, right? For Mm -hmm. a patient, it becomes another no in my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, she's just like, I should have had you come over years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so these are the things that, you know, and to me, when I talk about this with other OTs and PTs, think about all the things that you do with your like hands throughout the day, right? Brush your teeth, like comb your hair, wash yourself, take a bath, get dressed, cook, drive, all those things. You're still moving, using all those joints so much, right? Like we realize how much we use our thumb when we can't use our thumb. And so, you know, the more we can do to provide tools or adaptations to people, the easier it will be on them in the long run to not still have, you know, to to reduce hopefully some pain. So. Well, Rebecca, these have been, yeah, these have been some great resources and I'm excited. So tell us the Arthritis Foundation website. Yeah. Arthritis.org. So arthritis.org. Yep. If you go right there, you'll see something right on the homepage about them. And there's information for newly diagnosed. There's some quick links to pain resources that, you know, we do a lot of patient education webinars as well and have experts and sometimes patient panels, a mix of people providing information on anything from diet to alternative treatments. There's quick links to newly diagnosed information to help people as they're navigating that. There's information about, you know, the hardest part for our patients is navigating insurance, right? So there's understanding your healthcare, your coverage. There's a whole section on that that helps trying to break down information about that. But you can access information on the podcast, on the app, on the Yes Resource Exercises. All of that is on arthritis.org. And then as far as the podcast goes, you can download that anywhere you get your apps. So easy to find. Same with Vim. Anywhere you get your apps, just look for Vim Pain app in the store. It's V-I-M. V-I-M. Yes. V-I-M. Okay. And that's free, right? That it's not, yep, that you is have to free. pay for it, correct? <laughs> nope, you do not. So a lot of these patient education materials and everything on our website, we do eBooks. All of that is free because we have generous donors and people who support us. And anything that we do isn't made possible unless we have our donors. And so all of the patient education resources and the connect groups, like the support groups, whether we have an online community and we have some virtual connect groups right now. And once we can be in person, they'll be in person, all of that stuff. There is no charge to that. There's no cost, but it's all out there. And man, if I had this stuff 20 years ago, I, I, you know, I might've avoided a few surgeries. So I hope that it's helpful. One thing I always say to OTs and PTs when I'm teaching classes is if you do anything for your patients with chronic disease, especially if it's, you know, arthritis, because that can be tough along the way, right? Connect them with other people, connect them with the community so they don't feel so alone. We learn so much from each other. It's amazing. I'm always learning tips from other people. I just learned something last night from one of the juvenile arthritis family parents, you know, and I've had this for 20 years and I'm an OT, you know, just learned a little trick that she does. And I just thought, oh, that's a great idea. And so, the best thing you can do is connect them with other people and teach them, teach them the why, the why behind it all, I think is the difference. So. Great. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for joining us this evening. Well, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun to talk to with peers. I don't usually get to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and continue offering valuable, relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. <laughs>